This week's episode of Whiskey and Mash, I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And this week we're going to review Season 9, Episode 17, Bless You Hawkeye, and Season 9, Episode 18, Blood Brothers, hence the little uh, clip that I had of Ingrid Michaelson. Achoo! <laughs> that's how Bless I'm you, starting Hawkeye. my... That's yeah. how I decided to start my <laughs> explanation of Bless You Hawkeye, because that's what you hear from Hawkeye. He starts sneezing. Then the sneezing is getting worse. Everyone has a cure. We'll talk about what they all are a little mm -hmm. bit later. But the basic premise of this is all about Hawkeye, and why yeah. is he sneezing? Um, that's about it. That's a short synopsis about what this is about. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of um, things that happen. And um, when they're in a staff meeting, I believe it was a staff meeting. It's funny because sometimes mm -hmm. they have the staff meetings in Potter's office and sometimes they have them in the mess tent. But mm -hmm. I guess we do that with our staff meetings too. Yeah. But yeah. everyone has a cure for Hawkeye. And Hawkeye's sure it's not a cold. He keeps assuring everyone. And they tell him to stay away from the patients because mm. that's the last thing the patients need is a cold. Yeah. Klinger says to put some garlic around his neck. <laughs> um, Margaret says eucalyptus. Mm. And um, Honeycutt gives him some, I gotta say, comparated oil. Yeah. Let, let your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So everyone has something to help him feel better, just like when any of us are sick and every coworker or every parent comes in with a whole different way to make you better. Um, that's what's happening throughout this episode. In fact, they said, can't we get an allergy uh, specialist because they... Um, tried everything. They tested him for pollen and uh, everything that was on, you know, one of the uh, soldiers had lice. Um, what's his name? Corporal mm. Brooks came in with lice. So, you know, they tested him for all that because he helped with um, triage that night. Mm -hmm. and, and so three patients came in that night. Corporal Brooks came in with lice he had a fractured wrist. Um, Private Capoli was soaking, soaking wet. His clothes were soaked, and he he reeked of like a burlap wet smell. And then Spilosi um, had broken bones and things also. So they finally call in Sydney because all the cultures show that Pierce is not allergic to anything. So they mm -hmm. figure, let's call in Sydney. It's got to be a mental thing, which it turns out being. You can see Hawkeye from this point on, maybe a little earlier, just kind of losing it a little bit at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Agreed. I know. This isn't the first time um, that we've seen Hawkeye exhibit psychological symptoms and reaction 
to physical stress, I think. Um, but it's at this point in the in the series, it's starting to become a recurring theme. Right. And and one in that in short order is really going to present quite strongly. <laughs> quite quite strongly. I just wonder how much of this actually happens in our real lives. Mm. Like we're dealing with something like that. Like right now, I kind of have the you know. How many things are really repressed feelings and how many things are really allergies and so many people have allergies and mm -hmm. um, stress and all this kind of stuff, but how much is it? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you just don't call Sydney every yeah, time you need yeah. something. But yeah, you know, what, what's psychosomatic and what is physical? And then which one are you treating? Because, right. you know, I bet if they just kept Hawkeye on high enough doses of Benadryl, uh, Benadryl and adrenaline, he'd be fine. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, at one point we see him stumble into Potter's office when they're talking about his scratch tests. And um, he's broken out in hives. He looks right. ashen. They said he's his said, hands were swollen. He says he's, he's he feels like he's going to die. And I remember... When I was in grad school, um, and actually when I was going back to school for my comp sci degree, um, breaking out in hives. Really? From stress. Oh yeah. No, that's happened to me before. Benadryl took care of it, but that was a that was a physical reaction. Ben, to my a... son, to this day, mm -hmm. first grade, he got physically sick. Like mm -hmm. he broke out in hives. Mm -hmm. Seriously, he would throw up. Mm -hmm. He would be physically sick, and I'd bring him to the doctor. And he said he has schoolitis. And it's very, yeah. very real. Yeah. Like, he loved kindergarten and he loved school. And he'll go for half a day. He used to tell me, I'll go for half a day, Mom. But I can't mm -hmm. be a whole day away from home. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he would get schoolitis because it was too long to be away. I was an at-home mom. He wasn't used yeah. to me being gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, you, you can have very real, real symptoms. physical symptoms from very psychological means. And, exactly. And again, we see that with Hawkeye. We see it go both ways. And... Um, you know, I think it's, I think this is the second time we've seen him, uh, trigger time, by yep. smell, I think, but, um, yeah, not the last. Not the last. I love what, um, Sydney says, though, because Hawkeye's like, I, I don't get it. It's such little things. What, mm -hmm. what is this? And he said, the little battlefields leave the biggest scars. Yeah. It makes you think, what are your battlefields? Where are your scars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, what else do I have? Oh, yeah, and Potter made him go to the showers. I forgot that one. Oh, yeah. He said, just wash one. everything <laughs> off. Yeah. So when I was talking about all of the cures, in mm -hmm. fact, he thought that the showers worked at first, mm -hmm. but they didn't. Yeah. It was after the shower that he started the hives and getting even worse. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking through the whole thing it would be the something to do with the lice because they brought it up oh, so many no. times, you yeah. know. Nope. And then I remembered yeah. as soon as Sydney pulled out the smelling the. Mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the background. I'm looking up. Uh... Something for Nick. Yeah. yeah. This one was just that one basic theme. I think there wasn't anything else, was mm -hmm. there? No, I really don't think so. Um, it turned out that Hawkeye 
had a cousin Billy and they were in a boat at one time and they were like best buddies mm -hmm. and everybody loved Billy. I loved Billy. And then I um we were in the boat and uh and then Billy helped me in the water. He helped you in the water? I mean No I... no no no. <laughs> no, he he helped me out into the boat. Well, tell, tell it to me again, because you keep seem to talking about this water and falling into the water. Well, I, I, I stood up. Uh, I, uh, I stood up in the boat. And he pushed me. He pushed me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, uh, Alan Alda does a great job, I think. And you, you get this sense that he is just letting himself know finally and admit that Billy pushed him in the water. <laughs> yeah, because he he was making Billy this hero that yeah. he wasn't. Mm -hmm. I loved him. I couldn't hate him. I could never hate Billy. Yeah. But why did you push me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's what it turned out to be. Yeah. His memory, that, that wet burlapy smell brought mm. back bad yeah. memories yeah no i i really don't think there was anything else going on in this episode i think there was just the one plot because patience sydney but it all tied back to hawkeye hawkeye was the central point right and i, I love the ending yeah. they're playing <laughs> poker in the o club and um sydney has two cult queens showing and the third one is in the wings so, Potter drops out. Father Mulcahy says he doesn't have a I prayer. I took a vow of poverty, but not suicide. <laughs> Everyone, Hanukkah drops out. But then Sydney sneezes, and Hawkeye's like, Aha! I got you. Ah, three queens. Uh, you should never fall for that old sneezing trick. Fake sneezing ah! trick. <laughs> so, he got Hawkeye's money. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Um, guest stars recurring cast. We had Alan Arvis reprising his roles, Major Sidney Friedman, Barry Schwartz as Private Joe Caputo, uh, Dennis Troy as driver, Pamela Coleman as nurse, one of many unnamed nurses, I guess. Uh, Jennifer Davis as Lieutenant Jennifer, Kelly Nakahara, and Sherry Saba. The writers were Dan Wilcox and Thad Mumford. Director Neil Cox. Neil Cox? Original air date March 16th, 1981. Alright. Next episode, Blood Brothers. Um, we do have an A and B plot in this one. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the production code for Bless You, Hawkeye. Z417. Yeah. Alright. Did I say that? I don't think I said that. Nope, you didn't. Okay. Um, so, uh, Blood Brothers, which is why I played that little Ingrid Michaelson clip up front. You didn't hear that because yeah. I had headphones on. Um, we see Sturgis and Lowry, two um, patients in post-op. Sturgis is played by Patrick Swayze. We'll come back to that little gem in a second. And, um, basically, Lowry is in rough shape. And they're trying to get him stable. Um, so that they can continue operating on him. 
Sturgis, his buddy, uh, just wants to be there for him, wants to help him through it, be there for when he wakes up. And, um, yeah, you know, not, not too bad. And, uh, they're both a positive. And so Sturgis wants to give Lowry some of his blood, you know? So they, um, Hawk and BJ end up doing a culture, uh, blood panel to see if they're compatible. And while Hawkeye is studying Sturgis's blood, he gets a white, I think it's a white blood cell count back. And it's a hundred, over a hundred thousand. I'm guessing hundred thousand parts per million. And, uh, it's indicative of leukemia. And, uh, BJ comes in and he's all, you know, Laurie's doing great. We're just, we'll get him in, we'll fix him up, he'll be great. Is that, uh, Sturgis's blood count? Yeah. Take a look. And BJ looks and you just see him his face drop. Wait. And, uh, yeah. Do you tell him? I... Would you tell me? Yeah. I love that. Would you want to know? Would, Would you want you to tell me? Yeah. And, um, they end up telling him. On the other side of things, we have Father Mulcahy and, uh, James Cardinal Reardon is coming to the 4-double-7th as part of a tour of Korea. And, uh... In two days. In two days. So it's a Friday. And, uh... Um, Father Mulcahy is just trying to get the camp cleaned up a little bit for Reardon and, you know, looking his best, right? And he's very concerned with it. He's very concerned about everybody drinking and every all of this. Rizzo's floating crap game. And, um, comes to the point of Reardon arriving and the camp doesn't put its best foot forward for him. And Father Mulcahy is very distressed. And then he encounters Hawkeye in the mess tent after Hawkeye told Sturgis that he has leukemia. And, um, immediately, Mulcahy does what Mulcahy does. He gets out of his funk. And he's like, my heavens, I have a soul to tend to. And he goes to post off, and he's talking to Sturgis all night, and he's actually late to Sunday service that he was doing for the Cardinal. The Cardinal's there in his finest, which we'll also talk about, because I think there's an issue with that. I looked it up just to reconfirm what I'm pretty sure I knew as a lifelong Catholic. Um, and uh, Mulcahy comes in. Well, first, Sturgis... Uh, Hawkeye wants to ship Sturgis off to Tokyo for immediate treatment for leukemia, which it's the 50s. They don't have anything because right now it's 2017. We still don't have anything. We, we don't have anything. Um, and... Father Mulcahy basically told Hawkeye, look, there's no cure, right? What's it going to hurt him to stay here? Just let him. And so Hawkeye relents. Okay, he goes and relates the whole thing to to the tent in, uh, in the mess tent. And uh, the Cardinal says, Father Mulcahy, if I must say so, you're one hard act to follow. And that's pretty much the episode. Uh, they have a little... I'm actually more okay with this episode without the typical um, post-commercial scene. I'm actually better without that included for this one because it's like the, the Cardinal drives away and uh, Potter, Potter makes some crack about sooner than later, Father, you'll be a Monsignor, and okay, he says, all the drinks are on me, ha ha ha, and then yeah. it's a freeze frame and 
it doesn't add anything. No. It really doesn't. So, I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, it, it's... So, what color was, should he have been wearing? Okay, the so, color? Cardinal Reardon, during the service, Cardinal Reardon, Yes. he's being referred to as Your Eminence, right? And I thought Your Eminence was reserved for the Pope. But you, you do have a certain amount of respect that you show to the Cardinal, Father Mulcahy, um, kisses his ring... And uh, what color was he wearing during the service? Pink. Shiny pink. Yeah, like red. Or no, it was purple. Oh, I thought it was pink. No, it was purple. His little beanie, or the calf's up, however you say that, was... Purple. It was purple, okay. It was purple. Which would be Lent or Advent. If you were doing a service. If you were doing a service. But he wasn't. He was in his official finery. And what color should cardinals be wearing? Red. Red. So, as far as I saw, it looked, um, it, it looked purple to me. So, um, I'm just looking up eminence. I think that's correct. But yeah, he should have been wearing red. It looked like he was wearing purple. Purple would be a bishop. Bishops were purple, cardinals were red. So I don't know if they were, if they got the title wrong and he would have been a bishop or what. But um, that, that was one thing. Other thing to point out here. So Patrick Swayze's character was dying of leukemia. And in an unfortunate twist, Patrick Swayze died of cancer. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm. So, um, un unfortunate crossover from real world to, uh, um, Mashland as Patrick Swayze did die. And as a young man. Yeah. But I will say, I, I really love Patrick Swayze's, um, acting in this episode. I think it's one of the best, I'll call it a guest star, that I've seen on the show. With all due respect to, um, like, John Ritter. I think one of Larry my favorite, Fishburne. my very favorite would be Ron Howard. Sure. If yeah. I got to pick a very favorite, I think mine would be Ron mm -hmm. Howard. He just makes you yeah. want to send him home because he's just a little kid. <laughs> mm -hmm. This here's, I can't remember the name that he had, but let, let's refer to him as Barry for the moment. This yeah. is Barry, Hawkeye says to the MP. He's 16 and shouldn't be here and he needs to go home right now. Ah. I'll hate you for the rest of my life. Well, I hope it's a good long life. Yeah. No, Ron Howard does a good job too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I particularly like Patrick Swayze in this one and his acting uh, stuck with me from this one. Um, Yeah. One thing, I understand why they do it, is they have Rizzo's floating crap game featured like every other scene. Um, to tick off Father Mulcahy, that's why. I think, <laughs> I, I understand the utility of that, in, in that you already have um, G.W. Bailey as Rizzo getting paid for the episode, so let's just keep using him. <laughs> but... 
I think you could have gotten the same message by having a floating crap game. And then other things. Right, right. You know, instead of just going back to that. To that same To that thing. trope, to that, mm -hmm. well, let, <laughs> nope, let's just keep dipping into this one. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You know. Like, but drinking in the crap game are the two yeah. evils that you see. And mm -hmm. that's, there's a lot more in camp than that, those yeah. two things. <laughs> I mean, it's, come on. There could be people, you know, like, um, one, for instance, Father Mulcahy did ask the bartender to take Mona down, which yeah. was a... <laughs> yeah, she was a pinup, uh, a centerfold. Pin yeah, yeah. he said, hey, if I take that down, someone's going to kick my teeth out. You know, Eeyore yeah. was in it. I could get court-martialed or worse. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. I, yeah, there are other things. But no, they just keep going back to the crap game well. Um, and then I, I think that they're mainly doing that for the buy-in. Of the Cardinal showing up and going, Pardon me, Father, but it's been a very long drive. Could we perhaps get a drink at your officer's club? So he was showing that the Cardinal was hum human. Yeah. He was just a regular guy. Yeah. And yet Mulcahy was thinking of him yeah. as this way upper character. But to tell you the truth, they're all, when you're a priest, a Cardinal, a bishop, you're a servant. Yeah. And the higher up you are, the bigger servant you are. That's when you wash the feet of the poor. Yeah, I just, yeah. and Although I would, you know, <laughs> I bawled when I met the Pope. Yeah. <laughs> like well, a big old baby. Yeah. But no, you know, it, he is just a guy. He's a guy with a lot of responsibility, but there are a lot of those around. Right. <laughs> but I think, it's the, I think it's the... the well, you know, they're doing mass every day and their mm -hmm. their level of prayer is way I, I'm yeah. impressed and have that yeah. same reverence with anyone that has that level mm -hmm. of prayer. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. as much as I enjoy praying and I I'm I'm not oh my gosh, not even mm. close. No, yeah. No, you I, know, to what these guys no. do. Even even just a and, priest like Tom, I just yeah. And you know, to get up at three in the morning to do morning prayer if you mm -hmm. had other issues and yeah mm, no that's it, not in me it's a level of dedication that yeah i don't possess and all the more power to them but yeah they are people right he wants a drink because he was and actually if you look back to that era there were so many alcoholic priests there really were because mm. drinking was the one thing they could do well, and they did it cool. so you you're meeting with this family out to eat and this family and you're constantly eating and well, socializing and drinking yeah and going back to what we had said last week with um oh, i don't remember the episode name um with margaret's uh yeah you have no sanity yeah i can dig mine up too somewhere but um, red white and blues yes i think that was or the bottoms one. up bottoms up no it was bottoms up with margaret's okay, margaret's um, punk playing card yeah margaret's alcoholic um, yeah that's bottoms up yeah and we discussed you know we we mentioned it's like uh, alcoholism was rampant back then it was well, just drink on drink on the job sure why not i mean beer was like having a glass of water mm-hmm i'm thirsty it quenches yeah. your thirst yeah so i get it and father mulcahy was just trying to present this very um unattainable let's say yeah unattainable level of purity for the camp and <laughs> mm -mm. you know as we've discussed like when we played mashed um 
probably not the norm that no. when you're that close to the front. It's just, no, not in the 50s. No, it's not going to happen. Um, but I, I do like that they're showing that with um, Cardinal Reardon, because if you remember the other uh, head chaplain that comes oh, through yeah. the four double seventh, was he, more pious. Yeah. yeah well, he, he wasn't he Catholic. He considered himself pious. Yeah, he wasn't a Catholic. Um, but he was in charge of all of them, which I, th I think is a little contradictory here, because this, this cardinal seems to be, I, I would think he would be in charge, but, um, that Maybe guy. they can't take military positions. Well, Father Mulcahy does. Yeah. And back then, like, we had a congressman, but they can't anymore. Like, they can't be in politics the way they used to. Oh, really? Mm -mm. Okay. We had, um... I, I used to help him, congressman. I can't even think of his name mm. right now. But, no, they can't run for congressman. Or... Okay. Well, it makes sense, separation of church and state. But, right. um, yeah, you know, just that guy, that other one, yeah, was very fire and brimstone. That's the one that Father Mulcahy had a few drinks before his... Is that the one you're talking about? Mm. He had a few drinks to get up the courage to speak in front of him? Nope. Oh, okay. No, that, I think the one That's you're the thinking coming. of is, um, the temperance lecture that... Yes. ...that okay. Burns asked him to do. Okay, so it was a while ago. Yeah, but no, this, this guy, uh, told Father Mulcahy to write a letter home about, to the, to the boy's family saying, um, he's getting better, and Father, oh, yeah. you have to tie that thought to an action. And then, uh, the kid got worse, and Father Mulcahy felt really bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, he, yeah, he, he seemed very, I'm a religious man and I must be this way. Whereas the Cardinal was, yes, I'm a religious figure, but, but hey, I I'm also drink. thirsty. And I'm, um, yeah. Yeah, and then Igor stumbles out of the <laughs> And laid on the ground. Well, he passed out. I know, but people yeah. just stepped over him. Yeah. Which at least if, I would hope if I passed out, someone would pick me but, up and have me sitting at by least. By the way, I'm just going to go ahead and say. was down on the ground. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Jeff Maxwell did a great job in that scene because he was on the ground and Harry Morgan put his foot, like, right next to <laughs> Jeff Maxwell's ear. And he didn't budge. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, I don't know if I could, that that would be tough. But yeah, uh, Potter just steps over him, like, whatever. Mm. And he does say to Klinger, Klinger, can you show the captain to their quarters and then clean this up? Oh, yes. <laughs> Pointing at Igor. Um, but yeah, I love the Cardinal's uh, reaction. Does this mean that the oh, officers' God. club is open? It would, but that's the bartender. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that is unfortunate. Um, what else do I have? There's actually no real. Well, they um, do try to clean up, like Father our yeah. Colonel Potter put a twelve o'clock curfew. Mm -hmm. He tried to help Father out, but yet. He also was in his own way telling dirty jokes. Oh yeah, and, no, that's you know, doing the things that you do. Well, and Potter also pointed out, Father, it's payday. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yeah, yeah it, we're doing what we can, Father, but you have to let them blow off a little steam. And I've already thought ahead, and like you said, you know, twelve o'clock cur curfew, okay. and we'll have bed checks. 
it didn't work so well because then when the cardinal was checking into the VIP tent... That's where the crap game was. <laughs> Again! Back to the well of the crap game. Fine, whatever. You're already paying G.W. Bailey for the episode. Sure, let's keep going back to there. Come on, Papa needs a lawyer. Um, and then, yeah, I just... I really like the the consecutive interactions you get between Hawkeye and um between Hawkeye and Sturgis or Sturgis. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sturgis. Between Hawkeye and Sturgis. Because Sturgis and then, just wants the truth. And he found out that he gets a lot of runaround. Yeah. Come on, Doc. These nurses kept keep poking me. Pretty soon I'm I, gonna come up dry. I'm not going to have anything to give to Laurie, to give to Dan. Just give it to me straight. What is it? And he did. He yeah. gave it to him straight and said, you asked for it. Yeah. And then he... You can see the stunness in his eyes. Yeah. But yet his concern was still for his buddy. Yeah. And then... Who he was watching die. I, I well, think... I don't think so. But I think one thing that really strikes me about Hawkeye's response... He doesn't go back to the still. He doesn't go to Rosie's. Oh, he went to the... He got coffee and... He was so taken aback by what he had just told this kid. That he couldn't even drink. He went to coffee. He went to be alone with He went coffee. to the mess tent. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, okay, he comes in with his heavy load on his back and his concerns... And that's the second part of this this consecutive interaction that I just adore because I, that was my favorite part. Mm -hmm. You know, here's Father Mulcahy complaining, and he just like what he didn't he turn to Hawkeye and say, "Well, yeah, don't you have anything to say?" Well, he came in saying, "I can't believe it. I don't have my speech or my mm -hmm. homily written yet, and I don't have this done, and everyone's acting so crazy. And I know it was payday, but I don't care. I need to be better." At prepared and no one's letting me because I'm running around taking care of this dumb camp. Agree? You know, Father, I just, I don't feel much like talking. I just had to tell a boy that he has leukemia. And instantly, the Father Mulcahy we know, that consistent character, came back, came back and he's just, oh dear heavens. I... Who? Sturgis. And then we, we don't see Mulcahy leave, we see Hawkeye leave. But then Hawkeye comes into post-op and there's Mulcahy talking to Sturgis. And um, Haw Hawkeye went home to sleep, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, you know, it, yeah. That I'm assuming. Presumed. Mm -hmm. so he, and he came back in the morning and those two were having this great... You know mm -hmm. how you have a great conversation and you can feel it? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like the night flies by and you're like, where did the night go? Mm -hmm. That it looked like they were having one of those conversations. I, I agree because you know, like Father says, I didn't realize what time it was because they were having. <laughs> everybody was waiting in the mess tent for the service. The Klinger cardinal came, was there. Clinger came in and got him and said, "Father, where are you?" We're all in the mess tent waiting for you. Oh, good heavens! I didn't realize what time it was. So he went we in the must mess go. tent right in his PJs. Yeah, <laughs> in his, his robe. robe. Um, you know, the the one goof that they list here, when Father Mulcahy went out to meet Cardinal Reardon, he did put on a little, like, priest dicky collar. Right. And they listed as, well, 
he's just in his t-shirt in the in post-op but he put that on over his t-shirt as far as i recall right, so it's not right. really a goof no i assume he would have just taken there's it just off there's velcro there there's tabs there's tabs you can stick in there's well, velcro it, it was, ones there's all different kinds yeah, you can and, have full collars you can have full front shirt collars that just mm -hmm. fap in the back yeah so, and, and that looked like it was literally just like a plastic yeah. collar that just held on by by tension and then it was you know like a nine inch across by 12 inch black. or 18 inch black. down black piece of fabric so exactly. he could just put that over a shirt underneath his um so you're like, not like wearing a, a shirt coat. and yeah. a t-shirt no, no, no. and another shirt and yeah so i don't see that as a goof but yeah he so he went to do his homily well not homily because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a mass it was still. barely a service um yeah, in his robe. But he told the story of the man that was about to die, and he told it. He said it's a story about two men, the first man, and it was him yeah, going in know. with this. You know, he spoke and said he's not prepared, but he was called away, and there was two men facing their own crisis. The first man thought that he was facing a crisis, and he blamed everyone, everyone but himself. And the second man was confronted with the loss of his life and he all he could think of was his friend, friend. or his buddy mm -hmm. yeah and then okay he goes on to lament yeah, his yeah. his selfishness that's right that's what he said and you realize how selfish he i mean i had been mm -hmm. so he admits it's himself yeah and god didn't put us here to put on the back he put us here to live in his image mm -hmm. about that you know yeah I think that's a really great speech because, I mean, you, you do see that in Sturgis, that selfless caring for a fellow human being. And, um, yeah, you know, when Hawkeye tries to send him away, it's just like, come on. Just let me stay a couple days. Captain, What's the difference? Captain Honeycutt said that my being here help, help is helping Dan. What are they going to be able to do for me in Tokyo? They don't have any treatment. And he was right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Father Mulcahy said, why not let him do what he wishes with the time he has left? Because by sending him away, all you're doing is helping yourself. Yeah, and that, that caught Hawkeye. And oh, he says, yeah. <laughs> just called Tokyo. They're full up. <sighs> said to try again in a few days, so I guess you're staying here. But, um... Good episodes. You know, I think... I don't... I always look for the, the social issue connections. Because I think that's what I kind of went into this whole podcast about. Is right. Where do we see that? I guess I kind of see that in Blood Brothers. Where it's that message of caring for each other. The thing that bothers me about our first episode we mm -hmm. listened to today is... Would they really call in a psychiatrist for that? You know... I could see it happening, since they couldn't because figure out... Because he's a doctor? Or because they wouldn't do that for anyone, I don't think. No, but they couldn't figure out what else was wrong. And if you get the right person, if you get the right doctor treating you, they will try something unconventional. Which, in my mind, that was at that point. Okay. You know, that, that's what I would say, because... All it takes to cure certain diseases is realizing that it's that disease mm -hmm. and getting the right cure. 
Exactly. And, and in this case, the disease was a repressed Feeling, memory. Yeah, emotion. Yeah. yeah. And so you just had to get the right cure, Sidney Friedman. I, I do get what you're saying, though, but I'm, you know, considering that one of Potter's other cures was placebos in place of pain pills. And that worked? I'm going to go ahead and say that Potter, yeah, I bet he would. Frank Burns? No. Mm -mm. Frank Burns would not would no. never have no, called no, in no, Sydney no, no, for no. that. He would have told Hawkeye to just knock it off. He probably would have. Get over it. And then when Hawkeye couldn't, he would probably put him up on charges. Yeah. And then Hawkeye would have eventually gotten just, like, booted out or something. Yeah. But, but Potter is that fatherly. He's got that group. compassion. Yeah. That good bedside manner. Right. So I think so. But was there really a strong social message in that first one? I don't think so. I think that that first episode, to me, in the, in the series view, is important. To show Hawkeye slowly hmm. unraveling. Yeah, because if you can watch the whole series and see that over the course of it, you see that Hawkeye is the only one in the cast who could have the sort of mental break. That he has. Yeah, no one else. But they've set it up in the mm -hmm. series, and so it fits. It's unfortunate, but I think that that's a very important message I in and of so itself. Too. You know, yeah. I just... And there's so many messages in the second one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, it's all little overkill maybe it, it doesn't seem that way when you're watching it but mm -hmm. when you think back on it mm -hmm. you know yeah don't stress don't sweat the small stuff don't you know don't put mm -hmm. too much pressure on yourself for things you know look at your fellow man um oh and here's a good slant for you who was being the better christian between oh, yeah. Sturgis and... between the priest and the patient right I would argue it was the patient. I would too. Yeah, yeah. So until he realized what was happening. Right. Then Mulcahy did what right. he was supposed to do. And it, if you want to take that deeper, un I think the unintentional add-on there would be that we're all human. Right. And no matter who you are or what you do, you're still human, just like the cardinal. The cardinal, very pious man. But I bet if the pope was coming to his camp, he would be <laughs> running around and not see things. Yeah. For what they are either. Mm hmm So. Yeah. I don't know who the Pope runs around for. Maybe Jesus mm -hmm. Christ himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if he's um, coming. <laughs> that, that reminds me of an old joke when about when the Pope decided to drive his own limo for a while and then got pulled over by the cops. You've heard that one. I have, but I can't remember. Yeah, the, the punchline is basically the cop goes back to his squad car, gets in. Oh, I'm not and, and the limo pulls away and his his um partner says who is in the back cop says i don't know but the pope was driving <laughs> <laughs> i let him go yeah I um all right guest stars recurring cast go for it we had patrick swayze as private gary sturgis ray middleton as cardinal reardon gw bailey Reprising his role as Sergeant Luther Rizzo, Jeff Maxwell reprising his role as Igor Straminsky. We had Tom Kindle as a GI, Robert Balderson as Captain Bratton, uh, Reardon's uh, assistant, Roy Goldman as Roy Goldman, 
Dennis Troy as Dennis. Production code for this episode was Z421. It was written by David Pollock and Elias Davis. Who do you think this was directed by? Is it a, um, a Hawkeye? It is not. It is not. Potter. 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 Harry Morgan. I would have guessed Potter. Yep, Harry Morgan. But last time, I didn't guess <laughs> Hawkeye, and it was. So I was putting Hawkeye out there no matter what. <laughs> you, I think you have a one in three shot if you say Hawkeye. Um, original air date, April 6, 1981. Um, so something I did over this last week on Facebook, uh, that I don't think I told you about. You no. can, you can boost posts on Facebook. Uh, it's like three, three bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, depending on your level. So I decided to just try and, and boost our, uh, last week's episode by putting in three bucks. As far as I know... Something like 12 or 17 more people now like our Facebook page. Oh, okay. So we got more exposure. reason I bring that up is because this is the part of the show, if you're new to it. Hi, thanks for tuning in. Hi. Where I normally go into my usual spiel, which includes, if you, had, if you want to uh, catch up on all our latest episodes or all our past episodes, head over to narclaninc.com. That's N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com slash, slash whiskey and mash. Or just go over to that webpage, narclantinc.com, go to the podcast link, go to the Whiskey and Mash page, and there on our page are all the back MP3s of this podcast. Or you can head over to your favorite podcast application like iTunes or Stitcher Radio and search for Whiskey and Mash. This is the point of the show where I would normally go into that. But I'm sure people know that, so I won't. Why not? Well, because, I, okay. you know, I, if, if, people, I know. If, if people have... Uh, been keeping up with us, they they would know that they just uh-huh. head over to narclaninc.com and go to the podcast link, go to the Whiskey and Mash page, and there's all of our Narclanic. stuff. Or yeah, or or over to uh, iTunes or your favorite podcast application or Stitcher Radio and search for Whiskey and Mash. They would know that. But for our new new listeners, I suppose I should mention that. But I, I think, think we've so. beat that one to death, so I won't. <laughs> but also over on that web page, you can find. Our, uh, a link to email us here at the podcast and also our Facebook uh, link to go over to our Facebook page. I really encourage you to go over there, like our page, um, you know, like like the post of this episode because anytime that we post a new episode out there, uh, I tend to... That's actually pretty good art that you're doing on your Sesame Street <laughs> folder. Um, I, I copy over the description onto our Facebook page so it's there. And, you know, leave us, leave us your thoughts. Yeah, let us know what you think. About these episodes. Um, again, I don't know that you would find these officially streaming on anything like Netflix or Hulu. I don't know if you would. But you can get the whole MASH uh, series on disc for, on Amazon, I think, for around 100 bucks or less right now. And if you're a big MASH fan like me, it's well, well worth it if you don't have them yet. Um, if you do, we encourage you to look ahead... Watch the episodes and uh, and then listen. Yeah, you know we appreciate it when you listen to this at work, on your way to work, on your way home from work, while you're mowing the lawn, whatever it is. We appreciate that you listen to this. If you find enough worth in um, what we put out there week after week, and you would like to help support this podcast, we don't have a Patreon or any sort of PayPal or anything like that. We don't need it. What we could use is your help to grow our audience base because we do this for fun but we would really like 
to grow the community out there and um, hear what you all think. You know, because we still have a few seasons left of this, uh, of the main mash, and then we have Aftermatch that we're going to do, and then uh, probably looking at Fraser yeah, right now. So. Yeah. And, um, you know, let us know what you, what you think of MASH, of these episodes. We would love to hear from you, either by email or over on the Facebook page. But that's my normal uh, spiel. Again, you know, this is where that would go, but I think we've... Beat it. We've, we've beat that one to death. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's me. I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. And um, Have a great week. Yeah. Y'all keep being awesome. See you next time. Enjoy your summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's going to storm tonight. Uh, it looks beautiful and sunny out there right now. It does. Um, I would I would put five bucks on it. Um, <laughs> on it raining, no on storm, because it's hot and it's hmm. humid, and that just got to come out of the way at some point, because it's going to be cooler tomorrow. So, it, as far as I know, it, it's it's got to just come out. <laughs> There's, it's gonna be cool for baby. Cheers. Okay, have a great week. Yep. Have a good week. Bye. Oh, sorry. Small spaces. Yeah.